Welcome to Unpackology. I'm Olivia. And I'm Kelsey. Join us as we unpack what we're currently loving, learning, and hating right now. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to another episode of Unpackology. My name's Olivia. I have Kelsey here with me. We're super excited to have you, although not that excited because this episode accidentally did not record. So here we are doing it again. We're so excited. Ta-da. Ta-da. Episode 12, part two. Yeah, 2.0. But we're super excited to talk to you guys about college. Uh, The original recording, we really vibed. So hopefully this one will be the same and we'll get the same energy and deliver the same product for you. Um, If not, don't come at us. We were pretty depressed when we found out that their original version didn't record right. We'll be fine. I think we we can go on and on about college, so... Yeah, we definitely can. Um, So, Kelsey, do you want to just kind of talk a little bit about what your college experience has been like from beginning to current? Yeah. So, my college journey kind of started at Camden County College. Um, I just was there taking some prereqs because my sister kind of forced me to go. And drove you there kicking and screaming (laughs) yeah I I just wasn't ready for college I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life I didn't know what was going on I wasn't committed to it um I got there and I kind of liked it though so that was cool um I met my boyfriend at Camden County I did good at Camden County and then I went back for a second semester and stupidly didn't drop out or like withdraw from my classes I just stopped going And so it, like, completely tanked my GPA, obviously, because I had a 4.0 GPA, and then I had a a (laughs) 0.0 GPA. And so I, when I decided to go back to college years later, literally, like, five years later, um, I just started from scratch, and I started going to uh, Rowan College of South Jersey, which is, like, Gloucester County College. It's what it used to be, anyway. And... Yeah, I'm just, like, back on track, and I I figured out I wanted to be, um, I mean, I changed my major 50 million times. I started with liberal liberal arts at Camden County because I didn't have a clue, and that was the most, like, general ed thing to do. And, yeah, I transferred to, well, I didn't transfer anything. I just left my credits in the... (laughs) In the cloud. Yeah, you can keep these. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to hold on to that transcript. (coughs) But, yeah. I now I go for human resource management. I love it. I can't wait for it to be over so I can really start my my future. It's kind of funny when you said that that was the path you wanted to take. I really thought to myself like you will always have a job because there will always be jobs. Yeah. Yeah, that like, was Like what a secure profession. Oh, I know. It's it's a it's just something that I genuinely wanted to do regardless of its like reliability and it's just an added benefit that, like, every single company needs an HR department. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and there's a lot of different avenues that you could go down. Mm-hmm. Like, I know um, I have a friend who she was uh, in, a like, an HR, like, recruitment kind of role. Mm-hmm. And then she got hired by a corporation to do more of the, like, day-to-day, you know, hey, could you come into HR? We need to talk. Or, like, <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuff. So there's really a lot of opportunities for like how you could use that. Yeah. I think personally, like my goal with an H like working in an HR department is to take a company's onboarding 
And I don't know if I even talked about this in my in the first episode that got like. No, up. I don't think you talked about it a lot. But this is actually hmm. so interesting to me. And I was talking to my mom today about this. She like she asked me something about you, and I was like, "Oh yeah," and like this is what she's going to school for, and this is why. And she was like, "Wow, that's actually really cool." Yeah, I so I wanted. I've had so many experiences at jobs where they're onboarding, they're training. Stuff like that is just so bad and it's so like generic and almost like one person learning type of like like one style of learning as opposed to just being this like more broad, open way of teaching people things or like a little more versatile. And I kind of want to take an onboarding process of a company and just revamp it to where it makes sense for everybody and is really user friendly. Because I know I've had experiences with corporate companies, even like mom and pop companies and they're just so bad with onboarding and I think it has a lot to do with their retention with their employees and people the more confident someone feels like in a role obviously they're gonna make less mistakes they're going to stay at that company they're gonna feel a little better about themselves and a little less nervous and I just I know from personal experience I've had such bad experiences with trying to learn from a sheet of paper or something. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't even know what this means. And I don't even know what questions to ask because I don't know what's going on. Like, yeah, I mean, I can definitely attest to that. I've been in positions where I basically feel like I'm thrown to the wolves and don't know anything. And mm -hmm. then there's other times like you, if it comes to like a class where you need to do a case study, should 1000% do a case study on the company that I work for hands down the best onboarding process I've ever gone through um and like I was a I was an RA like that's a huge onboarding process we would do like a week of training Mm -hmm. and I still genuinely think that the position I'm in now has the best onboarding because they do almost like a continuing education like there's opportunities for the employees and for the client to just decide to do continuing stuff, whether it's like a live training, um, a virtual live training, a recorded training, training with a question and answer portion, whatever it is. And genuinely, you know, like I have our CEO's phone number. Right. Like who, who in the world, like things like that just make you feel like you can go to anyone and you have the answers that you're looking for you don't feel like you're just like like you said reading off of a sheet of paper and like lost in the dark and that changes your entire view of a company like definitely the way that you're onboarded shapes the culture which the culture is the most important I mean yeah obviously the product whatever it is that you're doing you want to be good at what you're doing but if the culture goes away or the culture suffers you have nothing and it kind of starts with the HR department, the recruiting department. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think it has, it, it like sets the tone for the company, how you enter. It, it's the first step, right? It's the first step to a new job. And to have that be an easy process, it kind of like paves the way for everything else to be easy because you don't feel so overwhelmed with learning the information that you can get to the part where you're like, oh, okay, like I'm close with my manager or we have this sense of camaraderie because I'm not so hyper fixated on like not messing up or something yeah no I totally agree I mean again like I feel like the position that I'm in I was given a lot of resources and continue to be given resources by you know my management our like our 
we call it something different besides HR. Like, there's, like, a cute name for it, which I cannot think of off the top of my head. But when it comes down to it, yeah, you feel like you aren't just left to kind of figure it out on your own. Yeah. And it really does. Like, it shapes your entire view of a company. Yeah, and it's interesting that you brought up the the part where you have your CEO's phone number because I've worked for multiple companies where I've either gotten in trouble for climbing the ladder if I didn't get an answer. I've gotten talked to about attaching a certain manager to an email because they're too high up and it's not their concern or something like that. And I just find that to be so discouraging and so strange. Like, I'm sorry, if you're the CEO of a company and you shouldn't be attached to an email, like, Right. I, I feel like you should want to know those things and you should want to hear what your employees have to say. And regardless of the scale of the company, there's still going to be you're going to want to know what's going on on the ground level of things. Yeah, for a, a, good company a thousand to run. percent. I mean, yeah. like, <clears throat> excuse me, in my current position, like you said, I feel like I have the autonomy to decide when something doesn't feel right for me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel comfortable enough to go to my direct supervisor. I have a good relationship with her direct supervisor. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's that kind of disconnect with certain companies. I'll I'll give an example. When I was serving at the wing restaurant, um, I was put in a really uncomfortable position by a manager. Um, She just said kind of inappropriate things to me and she put her hands on me. And she had said things to other colleagues who one of them at the time was one of my best friends that I lived with. And we, for the life of us, could not get in touch with the corporate HR department. All we wanted to do was just do what felt right and report what happened to us and what was happening to other colleagues. And we genuinely could not get in touch with the human resources yeah, department. That's, that's not good at all. And I, I know Christian went through something pretty similar where his one manager, it, it's like a new, after the pandemic, the roles kind of changed in the whole company. They did a lot of hiring and firing and whatnot because of, you know, the pandemic. And Christian got a new manager at work that is like the new district manager now. And he was like basically threatening Christian's job, like low key. Like he didn't come out and say that, but he was hinting at like, well, you like, we could fire you. It was in, in like Rude. really, really simple <laughs> but yeah. terms. And so he took that to HR. Cause this is like, a, he works for a very large company. It's not like a small company where like they shouldn't have HR. Like they, we have, I used to work there. That's why I say, wait, I'm sorry. But that company has an HR manager, like, in that office. And he reached out to her, and she didn't even, like, respond to him or anything. And I I find that a lot of companies' HR departments are the middleman between, like, the shareholders and the employees almost in yeah. that they, like, are just trying to make sure that nobody gets sued and, like, don't actually care. If that makes sense. I mean, on one hand, like, that is a big part of working in human resources. I mean, just from what I've heard. But at the same time, yeah, it's not – they're not meant to be the go-between. They're meant to be a mediator and someone who's there to you. Right. Because 
genuinely, what if something horrible was happening? Mm-hmm. And they're just not going to take the small stuff. And, the, I mean, that's how my situation was. My my friend Jess ended up writing a long, very, very lengthy email, including details of things that happened to me, details of things that happened to another one of our friends, Lauren, um, some other coworkers, and named names, told stories. And I think after a few months, she might have gotten, like, some kind of small message and I don't think the woman works for that company anymore. Mm-hmm. But it took so much to even get noticed. Yeah, I, that's I don't like that. And it's things like that that make me happy that you're going to be in a position where you can fix that because I don't think that you're that kind of person. No, no. I think, so, you know that, that saying that says you should treat the janitor the same way you treat the CEO? Yeah. I think that's fundamentally what HR is supposed to be, but it gets lost in the sauce where you're almost at the mercy of HR and the managers as a team trying to keep either shareholders happy or managers above them happy. And it's no longer you're listening to an employee complain about a manager and you're looking at them both on the ground level. You're Now you have HR departments that are like, oh, well, this manager is above me and this employee's new here, so I don't know. You do the math. So right. Where it should be very, like, plain and simple. This is a human that did something else to a human. They both work here. It's my responsibility to mediate or whatever. Yeah, and, I mean, that's the goal. Yeah. That's what you want to <laughs> literally, happen. That's literally. that's literally the mission of human resources. Yeah. I just love HR. Something about yeah. it just screams my name love it no love we it. we got really sidetracked no it's okay i think <laughs> i think our our fans no just kidding <laughs> i think our listeners would be interested to hear that yeah um and maybe maybe some of you guys have had experiences with human resources that if you would feel comfortable um sharing those with us we would we would love to hear um if you're interested i can do a stories and go into a little more detail of my experience um but yeah just let us know yeah definitely and i could use some some stories to prepare myself for what I'm gonna have to deal with. In the, yeah, hundred percent. Give give Kelsey some like case studies into what she might be dealing with. Yeah, that work. So, what about you? Let's start with your like journey through college. Yeah, like from start to finish. Um, I will try and go as high level as I can, as not to make this take three hours. <laughs> Um, so basically, I was a coxswain on a rowing team in high school. I was recruited um, by a couple different D1 schools uh, as a incoming or rising senior. Um, I ended up going to Robert Morris University. Um, if anyone else is a colonial listening, uh, go Bobby Moe. And I started out as a nursing major, um, quickly realized... I have crippling test anxiety. Um, I was killing it on projects, clinicals. Um, I could take someone's blood pressure like no one knew, but uh, horrible at tests. Um, But I realized that I was really, really good in all of my creative writing, um, public speaking, public relations, all of these kind of classes. And you know, put two and two together to the fact that all through high school, even middle school, I wrote for the newspaper and was super um, heavily influenced, I guess, by my creative writing and English classes. And I realized I wanted to 
make the switch to the communication school um, and be a journalism major, uh, which I ended up loving. Um, I was just about at a three point like two when I made the switch and that was by like the skin of my teeth. I was struggling and stressed and really upset every day. And as soon as I changed my major, I felt like a weight was lifted off of me because all of a sudden, not only was I learning about things that like clicked, but I was also succeeding in school in a way that like I had never done in my entire academic career um, because I was just in classes that were focused on things I was actually like good at. And like got excited. Yeah, to to I was God excited to go to class. I mean, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I've always been super fascinated with medicine. My journalism degree is actually focused in health sciences. Mm -hmm. Uh, They built a minor for me. My school was really small. I had an amazing academic advisor who made that happen. Um, Because there is science journalism, and I thought maybe that was an avenue I wanted to go down. Um, Not something I could see myself doing now. But, yeah, I was always super interested, but I just felt like I was worthless I that's a weird thing to say but like I would come into my nursing classes and genuinely be sitting there listening to other students talk about how they did on a test or what they answered on a question and knowing that I did not get the same answer or was completely confused when they were saying something was like so easy just made me feel awful like it made me feel less of a human being and like I didn't belong there um and then I changed my major and all of a sudden I was like tutoring my you know my peers and helping them write papers and actually enjoying the academic side of college which was fantastic um I was also in a sorority I'm a Zeta Tau Alpha I joined as a freshman. My school was very much a, what they call like a suitcase school or a commuter school. So if you weren't involved in something that had campus events or off-campus events on the weekend, a lot of people lived close enough to go home. So genuinely, I would wake up like freshman year on a Sunday morning and campus would be like deserted. There was nobody there. It was like me alone in my freshman dorm. Um, so I really like quickly learned that I needed to like participate, participate in in something to make friends and have like stuff to do on a Saturday, like afternoon. Yeah. Like if you're Um, going home, I'm coming with you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like what are you supposed to do? So I had a friend who went to a different college and he had gone through a lot of just like social anxiety and joined a freshman or joined, I'm sorry, joined a fraternity as a freshman And he was like, when's your recruitment? Like, that could be something you could do. Being in a fraternity, like, really saved my life. You should join a sorority. And I was like, all right, I'll try it. Went through recruitment and ended up loving it. Um, I was in my sorority all four years of college. And then I was also um, able to meet some of my best friends and mentors and people that I really appreciated. Um, Fast forwarding, graduated, uh, actually graduated with honors which was crazy was inducted into like lambda pi eta communication honor society got straight a's like things that I never thought I could accomplish um after just like struggling so much and ended up going to grad school I went to Drexel go dragons if anyone else went to Drexel University 
Um, my dad's a Drexel Dragon. He was in the engineering school because he is much more math and science minded than me. But I was in the communication school. I have a master's of science in public communication. And that's six years in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and now I work in marketing. Woo! <laughs> so fun. It's right up your alley, though. Like, I have to say, like, meeting Olivia and then her telling me that she, like, has her master's in, like, social media marketing. Like, that, it, it's so fitting. Like, I could see you as a nurse, but I could also see you hating being a nurse. So Yeah. I think I'm, I've always been, like, I mean, I have two communications degrees. I'm a communicator. Like, right. that is me. I, I am that. Yeah. <laughs> communication. <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, like, in certain cases, you start college and you think you want to be one thing and you end up not being that. Before I even started college, I thought I wanted to be a secondary English education major. I wanted mm-hmm. to teach high school English. Um, and I changed my major to nursing halfway through my senior year of high school. I don't know where I would be now if I had done that degree because that's genuinely a profession I could see myself having thrived in. Um, I loved English. I loved honors English and taking those classes and reading amazing things. Those were some of my favorite teachers in school. Yeah, me too. So I think that could have been my path. Um, I don't, I don't think that my life would be drastically different if that had been my path. Um, but definitely this is like the exact right fit I guess yeah I so when I first entered into Rowan um RCSJ my major was biological illustration which I was super interested in it because I'm like heavy into anatomy I love it I don't know why something about it always has interested me I used to watch like discovery health when I was little do you remember that show Dr. G medical examiner yeah obsessed I was obsessed with that show um I also love true crime still to this day but she's wearing her crime junkie t-shirt oh Shout yeah out our faves hey crime junkies Ashley Flowers if you're listening and Brit. yeah I'm Brit. <laughs> um oh yeah but I was a biological illustration major and um really just wanted to do anatomy textbook art and and or work with a museum of some kind and do their drawings for, you know, the signs at different, like either aquariums or museums that have like pictures of skeletons, whatnot. So that was like really my goal. And then my first semester I took a drawing class and I've always been such a good artist, but I never really took an art class. So, I mean, I've taken them in like high school and middle school, but they're so like laid back right if you're good they just let you like yeah you can draw have fun yeah Yeah. whatever you want and it's not really like they don't care because you drew something and it was really good but when I got to college and took a drawing class I hated it I hated it so much that I was just like yeah I'm not doing this like I can't do this for the rest of my life because I can't even do this class yeah yeah so it's funny though because I could see that being something that you would do. Like, I could yeah. see you doing that as a career, but I feel like going to college for that would be difficult. I think what it was was having having to draw stuff that I already knew I could do it. So it's – I don't know how to describe it. It was such an easy class that it was, like, annoying. No, I mean, I get that. Yeah. I When I was in high school, I was in um, – I didn't do – 
choir all four years. I, like, decided to do it as a junior. Mm-hmm. And my first year, I was in either, like, chorus or women's, women's choir, which was, like, the lower level, more, like, entrance thing that you could do. And same, I was like, okay, I know how to sing already. Like, I don't need to learn this. I don't need to learn how to do the thing I already know. Not in a mean way, but it's like no, it almost totally. feels like boring. Yes. He would, so, I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm some Picasso or something over here, but. um, Okay, total lie. You guys can go follow Kelsey on TikTok and see the, like, masterpiece she painted on our friend Ryan's shoes and then tell me. If she's freaking I mean, Salvador Dolly Parton. <laughs> <laughs> they came out really, really cute. But basically, my – and I absolutely adore my drawing teacher. His name is Owen Canarney, and he is the sweetest, most amazing man I have ever met, at, like, as a professor. He was just the, the kindest human being. And – he would be teaching us something and like I already did it in my drawing and then he would like basically when he went to do critiques he would like critique people and say like oh well like next time make your darks darker and your lights lighter next time that that creates contrast like I know all of these things yeah and so like mine would come up and he it was like honestly embarrassing how like he would deep dive into mine and then like briefly go over other people well I feel like probably because he felt like you were so far past the like it was like a good level critique that he was like felt like he could give you a true professional critique literally that's what I got which is embarrassing it was so embarrassing and he would like make an example of me which I'm not the the type of person who likes attention on me not for long periods of time like laugh at my joke go for it but like yeah, you're not. You don't want main character. So, no, energy. not a main character. I'm the youngest sibling. I don't have that energy. <laughs> yeah, I mean that happened to me. I was in, um, I think I was a junior in high school, and I had been in honors English sophomore and freshman year, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I felt like like slacking or like what it was. I was really struggling in my math classes, so it was making everything else hard. Mm-hmm. So I specifically scheduled myself for like the regular English class not the honors English class come to find out everything we were doing in regular English as a junior I had done in honors English as a sophomore and a freshman yeah and had like done a deep dive into and I I'll never forget it I think I still have the paper somewhere wrote this paper where I compared Abigail from The Crucible to Joseph McCarthy. I don't know what that means. But. So, so The Crucible is like, um, it's like witches. Like they were like outing women as witches, and then like McCarthyism is like, um, like a social issue. You know what I mean? And I compared them, and I got a hundred on the paper, like mm-hmm. one hundred, no mistakes. And I walked into class. And everyone else had done so poorly. And my teacher stood on top of the desk and passed out copies. Stood on top of the desk. This man would do this kind of stuff all the time. So mm-hmm. it wasn't surprising. He was just extra. He, yeah. was very, he wore bow ties. He was great. Love that. But 
he stood on top of the desks and they were like, if you can picture it, they were like the long desks, but he had them in a square in his room. Yeah. So he could teach in the middle, almost like lecturing in a circle rather mm-hmm. than like people staring up front at him, which is cool. But, and he walked around it and passed everyone a copy of my paper and was like, this is what you should make your paper like. Like this is the paper I'm looking for. And I literally thought I was going to melt into my seat and come to find out for the next like three years, he continued to show my paper Ah. because my cousin was in his class and she was like, oh yeah, Mr. Bound, he handed out your paper before he assigned this assignment. But but now he gave me a 99. He's lowered my grade because apparently I made a comma error. And over the, like, three years of time... Oh, somebody found it. Somebody found an issue with a comma. So I think I ended up with a 99 is what he told everyone. But it was genuinely the most embarrassing moment of my entire life. I would die. I think I was, like, ten shades of, like, tomato. <laughs> and I've never wanted to just, like, evaporate into dust or thin air as much as I did in that moment it was horrible I will say when I start so I took this I just finished my second semester at RCSJ my first semester was a breeze I when I tell you it was like the easiest thing I've ever done I thought I was gonna have a great time this semester too I was wrong but that's fine but last semester I had a drawing class and an art appreciation class my drawing class I was made a spectacle of multiple times because of my you know my art whatever but specifically in my art appreciation class, we had to make an object, or I'm sorry, we had to make a sculpture out of found objects, quote unquote. So okay. you could make, you know, a truck out of paper clips, a lamp out of feathers, whatever you want to do. I decided to make a chicken out of eggshells. I don't know if you remember this. I think I do. I literally made a chicken out of eggshells. I'm going to post creative. it. I'll post it on the Unpackology page. Like, yes. we'll make a slide. And Please I'll, do. Yeah. Because I think everyone deserves to see that. Honestly, it took me forever, but I had so much fun with it. And I, for some reason, thought other people were, were going to come in with, like, similar things where, like I said, like a truck like it made was a paper obvious clips. they like, had taken, like hours to do not it. even hours but like at least a half an hour that people came in like this one girl made a, a picture frame out of popsicle sticks i'm like okay Come on, sis. welcome to preschool right like like it was like bow tie art and i had this like literal chicken made of eggshells and he like flipped his lid was like you need to send me pictures of that do you care if i keep pictures of this like so that I can show classes in the future. And I was that would like. put someone in like an existential crisis. A yeah. chicken made out of eggshells. Yeah. Which came first? Yeah. The chicken or the eggshells. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I called it. Which came first. Was by Kelsey. I love Gr- that. Yeah. It was actually really, really fun. Um, You're that kid. Yeah. Yep. But no, it fell. Cool. It actually fell and broke. <gasps> yeah. No. It was made of eggshells. So. And it was pretty heavy. Because I didn't want to make the entire like middle out of eggshells. Because it would have taken way too long and would have, like, not been shaped right. So I made, like, kind of a chicken shape out of tin foil and then, like, covered it with eggshells. I'll post a picture of Sounds it. Sounds beautiful. It fell over and broke. Maybe you could it recreate it. Mm. Or not. I won't. <laughs> I have pictures. That's all I need. Um. So have you been in any, like, clubs or anything or joined any um, activities since you started college? No. <laughs> I, um... I was inducted into 
National Society of Leadership and Success, which is, like, an honor society. Um, I don't do much for it. I have, like, a leadership training day coming up or something, but it's not, it's nothing crazy. Like, I didn't, I don't even know what it is, really. I know I had to pay for it. And then, um, I know my first semester of Camden County, I had a ceramics class, which I was obsessed with, and this girl started, like, art club, and then we, like, had a first meeting for the art club, and then never established another meeting or anything ever again. It's like a secret pretend art club. I was like, are we just doing this to put it on our resume? Like, what are we doing here? Because like, like, we... I wonder what her resume looks like. Does she have, like, president of Camden County College right. Art Club? I had a feeling that was, like, the point was to just kind of, like, have something to put on paper because we never met again. And I was, like, serious about How it. I was weird. like, oh, yeah, I'll... Anyone want to, like, I was trying to plan a trip to the art museum. I was like, oh, we should all go to the art museum. And they were like, yeah, that's awesome. And then we never met again. Well, I've never been to the art museum, so I will, I'll go on an art club field trip with you to the art museum. I just got really excited. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I've lived here my entire life. I've never been to the art museum, so. Oh, we got to go. It's pretty cool. They have, um, my favorite section, ironically, is like the, um, it's like medieval weapons okay it's cool it's that doesn't really, surprise me it's really interesting there's something about that that really <laughs> screams kelsey to me yeah love it super fun cool well i mean for me like other than being in a sorority i was a ca which is like an ra so that was cool um with that i got to like plan a bunch of really cool events so i got to like take the lead on that stuff but actually i was also This is such a small position in my sorority because I was so busy all the time with, like, work and stuff. But I was our student government rep. So I got to go to student government meetings every week, which was actually really cool. I never was a part of student government in high school. I I wasn't a true, like, position in student government in college. But it was a really cool experience. Definitely, I feel like that gives you like professional experience for meetings as well. Like, that's oh not yeah. Ju- yeah, I mean, like it taught me like how to like read through meeting minutes, and then like I would have to get up and talk about events that my sorority was hosting. Um, I would have to kind of relay messages about what student government and other organizations were doing, and share that with my sorority at our meetings. Um, Plus, also, it's really interesting to see how much student involvement is allocated um, as far as, like, budgetary stuff and, like, um, requests for just, like, I don't know, stuff that I wouldn't have thought was student-decided. Um, so, yeah, that was that was cool. Uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy how much of the, like, actual decision making is like the student it's done body by the students it's crazy yeah. it's very interesting truly. it's funny though they always joke around like at my school that like at rmu like students like truly like forge their own path because there's so many clubs and like organizations that were like just specifically started by students mm-hmm. just wanting something for instance like this is such a random story and anybody that went to rmu um will know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a spot on campus where if you can picture it, it's very hilly um, and we have like just little pathways and there's like a picture like an acute triangle. Mm-hmm. So like 
thicker up here, skinny at the bottom. And there's a spot where all you would have to do was walk around the tip of the triangle to, like, continue walking on the path. But, like, nobody did. So everyone would walk straight through the tip of the triangle, if that makes sense, on the grass. Mm -hmm. So much so that the grass was so dead and would not go back that they paved it. Seriously. And, like, the big thing was, like, RMU students, like, paved their own way. That's cute. Because, like, literally we were like, no, we're not walking an extra <laughs> one foot to the right. I don't right. like where you put the sidewalk. I'm going to put the sidewalk where Yeah, I we want, want the sidewalk to be right here. And, like, my sophomore or junior year, they, they paved it. We came back to school in, or in August or September, and there was pavement there. That's cute. We were like, okay. I love that. Yeah. I also really loved, I don't know how much um, your school does this, but, like, for seniors, we had so many opportunities to just, like, enjoy ourselves pretty much every event had an open bar oh awesome oh it was the best I go to county college so none True. of that well maybe when you like transfer for the the yeah. bachelor's degree you'll get yeah. that because like man when you're a senior like all of a sudden you're 21 and they want to just like celebrate you love that <coughs> excuse me and get you drunk at like every event it's so fun nice especially when it's like a small school like that I don't know so, anyway, I think this one was actually better than our original college I'm episode. Have to agree. What do you think? I agree completely. I liked it. Yeah. I feel like we went more in depth into like college stuff in the first one, but like this one was just better. Yeah, I think we did a lot more about like actual classes and a yeah, lot like less about like right, yeah. like but what we wanted our degree for and why. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is more important. Um, so what are your highs and lows for the week? Oh, okay. So mine are pretty short and sweet. My low for the week, I always start with my low, but this time it makes sense chronologically. So my low for the week is that I cracked my back tooth. I don't know on what or what? how. Yeah. Like my back tooth, it just hurts so bad. I don't know what to do. It's like starting to swell up. It's kind of numb. It's weird. But I booked a dentist appointment for like June 14th. And then I cracked my tooth, and I was like, oh, no, what do I do? Like, And so I called my dentist's office today, and my high for the week is being able to get an appointment tomorrow. Oh, sweet. Yeah. That's so, awesome. Which is annoying, because I waited, like, two months for the upcoming appointment. Yeah, but now it's, like, an emergency, like, oh, so they're yeah. like, yeah, we don't want come you to in. lose your tooth, so, yeah. yeah, come right in. Yeah, my teeth are... They're they're a project. They're something. We're starting. No. <laughs> I have a dentist oh, appointment, yeah. actually, on Friday. Nice. Next Friday. Yay. We're just, we love our teeth. Dental Tooth hygiene. <laughs> How about Tooth you? What are, what are your highs and lows? Um, my low for the week was 1,000% this episode getting deleted um, or, you know, not being usable. But at the same time, I think it was beneficial. So it's kind of like a low, but with like a silver lining. Yeah. Uh, my high for the week I went back to almost full-time in-person work this week starting yesterday. Today's Tuesday that we're recording our episode. Episode. Uh, episode. I don't know what happened. <laughs> um, but I went back to work on Monday. I, I scheduled myself to go in Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I'm super excited. I, like, dressed up all cute yesterday, took the train in, wore heels. It was awesome. Buy. And then they provided us with lunch, which was just, like, Icing on the cake, good. I met a bunch of people that I have been, like, communicating with on a daily basis 
since February that I had never met in person. Oh, I love that. Oh, it was so cool. So cool. And a lot of them, this is going to sound weird, I, like, never picture how tall people are going to be until you're, like, in person with them. Mm-hmm. And a few of them, I was like, wow, you're really tall. Like, I didn't expect you to be that tall. I have to th- You said, like, communicating with people and then meeting them in person. I have a quick story. So when I worked Do at it. LKQ, um, we had this, like, really high up manager. He was, like, a big deal, whatever. And I am typically, especially at work, I'm very – very powerful presence, I'll put it. Ooh. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm pretty straightforward, cut and dry. I'm definitely professional, but in the type that's like, per my last email, like, Ooh. that's the vibe. Yeah. Okay. So, because I'm, I'm good at what I do, and I, I pride myself she on that. She uses trite business phrases. Heck yeah. <laughs> but um, apparently this, like, really big manager um, was part of our company or whatever, and then my, my manager, like, brought this random guy, and he wasn't dressed very nice, so I didn't know, brought this random guy in the in the office and was like, oh, yeah, this is Kelsey. I was like, hi. Like, okay. Like, like I was on the phone. I was like, okay, can I help Hello? you? Like, what, what do you, can I help you? And later, my manager came back and was like, Kelsey, that is, like, the manager of whatever he was the manager of. I don't even care. But I was like, okay. He was like, well, at least you were completely casual and he knew exactly who you are. I was like, at least you were yourself. Here we are. He was like, yeah, but I was also in a sales position. So to be like confident and have a bit of an ad, like that, that's the vibe for salespeople. Like if you're confident, they like that. He didn't think you were like scared of him. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's something in sales that I'm sure, sure salespeople understand. Like if you have confidence that. Nobody cares what you how you how you get the sale. Yeah, <laughs> definitely like a car salesman yeah. or something. I don't know. Well, hey, we're <laughs> clearly we're, doesn't have sales experience. Yeah, do. I have sales experience. Oh, you do? Some and retail, cocktails. That's not sales. I'm dead. <laughs> cocktails? No, I'm so dead. I have sales experience. Okay. Um. Well, yeah. Well. Thanks for listening know, to our episode. Whatever. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. Um. Go follow us on Instagram. Go send us, uh, your HR experiences. I know we talked about that at the beginning. We really want to hear them. We're super excited. Um. Tell us about college. Uh. If you're graduating this year, congratulations. You've made it. Uh. If not. Keep it pushing. Keep going. You've if you got just this. graduated, you are noticed. We care. Yes, Congrats. we see you. We, I know that we praise you. It's been rough. Um, you know, congratulations. Uh, and yeah, that's that's kind of all we have for you today. So tune in with us uh, next Wednesday and subscribe. All right. Bye. Bye.